Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. This show is brought to you by our friends at ButcherBox. You know that Lisa and I are totally psychotic about what we eat. We are way concerned about whether something is grass-fed, whether it has ever had antibiotics or any of that stuff. And that is why we're way amped on ButcherBox and use it every day in our own lives because they deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished, that's the key part, beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. All of their products are humanely raised and never, ever given antibiotics or hormones. This has been something that has been really effective for Lisa. It's the kind of meat that she can eat, and that's why I trust these guys because we're using them, and that is the key that that is so big for us is we've tried it we know that this stuff actually works on somebody that has insanely sensitive digestion so for all of you listeners um, because this has been working so well this partnership they've got a new offer for us now it's now twenty dollars off plus free bacon for all impact theory listeners just go to butcherbox.com use the code impact that's i-m-p-a-c-t at butcherbox.com. Go right now and try it out. This very much has my stamp of approval. And the boxes will come with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is good for 24 individual servings. And there are five different box types to choose from. You can get all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, and the custom box, which is what I'm all about, and it lets you choose your own cuts. By taking out the middleman and buying direct from a collective of ranches, these guys are able to get the cost down. That's a big deal, especially when you think about the fact that they offer free shipping to the 48 contiguous United States, and the price is just, drumroll please, $129 a month. And again, that's only six bucks a meal. So for six bucks a meal, you can get the highest quality meat tasty as the day is long. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is good. So go try it right now. There's no commitment. You can cancel easily at any time. I emphasize easily because that's the key. If they make it a pain, it becomes a nightmare. So these guys, they're not trying to trap you. This stuff is good. They want to make sure that you can get in and try it. So head to butcherbox.com right now. Sign up. 20 bucks off plus free bacon. All right, guys. Enjoy and be legendary. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with my lovely wife with her hair freshly did, Lisa Bilyeu. My baby. What's up, homie? What's going on? I'm ready to rock. You ready? Uh, let's do this. I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah? Because it's something that I've actually really wanted to, be talk, uh, to talk about. 
Oh, wow. So we went in and looked for a question that actually fits this theme. Let's hear it. All right. And I actually don't know what it is. You don't. This kind of sounds like a setup, but it's, I really it's don't. It's not a setup. <laughs> um, so, all right. So the question comes from Carolina Jakowicz. I'm sure I butchered that Jacowitz, name. I apologize. There's a lot of letters. All right. That sound look silent. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Hello, you amazing people. Question around children. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Tom was a no, and Lisa used to be a maybe. At some point, at some point, decision has to be made so you can focus on the future. I'm in exactly the same situation with huge plans to build a business with my partner, and kids just don't fit in in there, which I'm happy with. Lisa, do you ever think, what if one day my body would want children? I feel strong. I made right decisions, but would be interested to hear your thoughts. So. Well, it's a question direct to you. Well, so let's talk about our decision to not have kids and how we came about that. So I really wanted kids. In fact, the the most truthful way for me to explain this is I really want kids even today. Like I really want kids. And every now and then something will happen. I'll see something on TV, in a movie, a friend, whatever. And I'll think kids would be dope. And then I remember the only thing I want more than I want kids is to not have kids. And if I could do both, like if there were some way to, which I guess is why parents are like, I like being a grandparent because it's like you feel connected to them. You're genetically related. Like you have a reason to emotionally invest. But you can give them back. But yeah, they go home. So I, I do get why people have kids. And I think that it would be a tremendously beautiful experience. But when I think about what I want my day-to-day life to be, the things that light me on fire and make me most passionate, it's just not that. And when I, I'm very grateful that I big brothered as long as I did because it very much had that vibe to it and all of the beautiful and all of the horrifying. And that was when I really started seeing the realities. So as we... But I didn't have anything else, right? So when you think about fulfillment in your life and you're in your 20s and you've never experienced fulfillment other than through a relationship like that, that becomes the de facto. And I think one of the reasons that so many people have kids and one of the reasons that kids is such an amazing path for so many people is it really is pretty instantaneous fulfillment. Like suddenly you're of service to somebody else. It's about love. It's about putting somebody else first. It's about getting good at taking care of them. And and that has real world implications. And they're able to go on and do things. And also just, especially for the woman, biologically your brain goes through these massive changes. So it, it is a very fulfilling path to go down. But as I got older and engaged more in building things and creating things and touching people's lives through what I'm able to build, I saw that not only was it a path to fulfillment, but for me, it was actually more rewarding. And What was more rewarding? It was, building was more rewarding than, than it had been to Big Brother. Right. Now, I get that right. that's a shade of parenting. Sure. It is not full-blown real parenting. Um, but I, I could see that this is something that feeds me tremendously and became when I really played out the two versions of my life. One where I have this extraordinary transformational experience from raising a child, this extraordinary relationship as an adult with adult children and all of that versus being able to really pour myself into the marriage and not having, because that's a whole another thing, and now I'm really in danger of just talking too much when this person desperately wants to hear from you. Um, but the other thing was being in a marriage 
the thing that makes it worthwhile to me is being somebody's number one. So if we had kids, I would immediately not be your number one. So that's just a reality. So I didn't want to put myself in that situation when I had another path to extraordinary fulfillment in front of me. So once I started weighing everything, it just became abundantly clear to me that that was a better choice for me. Well, I want to take it back because I hear totally what you're saying, but Mr. Billu himself is all about specific tactics, specific words. And so I just yeah. want to really take people down the path of what me and you have discussed in the past and how we've come mm-hmm. to this conclusion because it wasn't an overnight thing, right? And that's, this is actually one reason why I really wanted to talk about it today is because people have asked me on social, like, oh, why have you chosen to not have kids? And there's so many little things that we've done and nuances that we've, we've said to each other, discussions that we had that is way more in-depth than just kind of writing a generic reply. So I really wanted to talk about So just setting the stage, I'm a Greek girl, been brought up, you're going to get married and have kids. Even though I had big dreams and aspirations, that was kind of always on, you know, that was my path, apparently, according to my family. Um, And I really wanted kids. Like, it never even occurred to me that I wouldn't. I didn't know anyone growing up that didn't have a kid that was married. Everyone... If you didn't have a kid, it was because the woman had never got married and so kind of grown. It's like, okay, well, if you get married, you have children. And so when our first date, I remember saying to you like, oh, so do you ever want to get married and have kids? And you're like, yeah, maybe. And you were actually the first person that I, first guy that I'd met that was like, maybe. Like, I don't know. Sure, maybe. It was always like, of course I'm going to have kids. So that actually was the first time that I ever thought about it as being, wow, it's an option. And then anyway, we got into our relationship, we got married. For me, you know, like I'd always wanted children. So I had said, almost I think a year into our marriage, because that was what, again, I'd kind of been trained in the Greek culture, where you get married and then pretty much within the year, almost everyone I knew fell pregnant. So I kind of just thought that was what we were going to do. And I remember you saying like, are you joking, babe? Like, I want to spend time with you i got married because i want to have you first like i want to have you all to myself first if kids are going to be for a lifetime i want these first few years to be just us and we're still young like i was 22 when we got married um you cradle robber you wow that escalated (laughs) quickly um but i was really young and so you're like look maybe like 25 let's start talking about it but we've still got some years in us come 25 I think you'd started entrepreneurial journey then. Um, yeah, I yeah, started so had, what just under yeah, a you're year. Right, yeah. So for about seven years after we were saying, okay, we're going to start having children, you started going on to your entrepreneurial journey, and you very much we sat down and you said, look, right now I want to be able to take risks. We moved closer. You could be by your business partners, like all things like that was everything was revolving around what we're going to try and do in our life and our success. And you were very open and honest about how you felt that kids would be in your lifestyle and what our dreams are. So I was very understanding. Of course, don't worry. Like, I'm still young. No need to rush. Let's put this aside, um, you know, for the next year, for the next year. And then it became, okay, well, I want to have kids by the time I'm 29. And then I turned 29. I was like, well, maybe I'll get pregnant at 29. And then I'll have... So we kept pushing it off. Came to a point where Quest started, and this is where I went from being a housewife to really getting in the game myself and figuring out business and finding myself and finding the strengths that I never knew I had and finding that I love to learn. And um, and over time, I remember um, I had some friends at the time and they were saying to me, you're never going to have kids. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm going to have kids. And they're like, no, you're never going to have kids. I can, I know. And I, I actually took offense to it. Because I was like, what do you mean? Why, why wouldn't I have kids? Like, what are you trying to say? I don't know why I took offense to it. I think it was because the first time someone had just blatantly said that. To, I don't know. It's always something inside you. Maybe, something you yeah. you don't like about that. Or yeah. a truth you hadn't wanted to admit to yourself or something. Yeah, in fact, that's probably it, right? The truth that I hadn't admitted to myself. Um, and then we started talking more and more about what our lives would actually look like. And this is where, for me, I think changed everything. So we just sat down and we said, okay, are we, like, I'm not getting in younger. So at some point we have to figure out if we're going to have kids, then we need to act, start acting quickly because my eggs are just going to get older every right. year. And we sat down and we really laid out, what do you want from life? What do you want from me as your wife? And what do our day-to-days look like? And I don't know if you remember this, but we literally laid out what like a week would look like in, if we had children. It may have been a day or a week. I remember it being a period of time. And we're like, all right, so you said to me, honestly, in fact, why don't you say what you said to me about not, um, not wanting to give up who you are? Well, I don't remember exactly which, you talking about, I don't remember saying this specifically with kids, just that my whole thing is you can ask me to give up anything but my ambition. Yeah, you actually also said that with kids in the sense of like, I just want to make it abundantly clear, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home yeah, dad. you would be the primary caregiver. You would be caregiver. the primary caregiver. And you were very upfront and honest about that. And so you then said, so if you're going to be the primary caregiver, how do you feel about that? What do your days look like? So I ran through, okay, what would my day look like if I had help, if I had a nanny? And I thought, you know what? The truth is for me, and this whole thing is about me and you and how we dealt with it, it may not be right for other people, but for me, it really was, if I'm going to have kids, I want to be the mother that my mum was to me. Like she was so present in school activities, in trips, in vacations, in extracurricular activities, going to sports games and things like that. My mum was always there. My mum helped out at school and I felt so good. And I always thought to myself, like, that's the type of mum I want to be. And when I thought about the fact that I love business and I love working and I love what I do, How do I do both? And it means I'd either have to sacrifice or split my time. And the truth is, the truth is for me, I don't want to split my time. Like, I like going all in on something. I don't like being distracted. I don't like feeling frantic. Frantic creates anxiety inside me. Anxiety actually creates misery inside me. Like, I know that about myself, that that's the path that I would go down if I felt like I had to do both. So then I thought about, okay, if I had to, if I was a stay-at-home mum, then how would I feel? And I had to dig deep and say, I don't think that that would be fulfilling for me. And I know a lot of mothers say, you don't know until you do it, which I totally get. I really believe that. But in my sober self right now and what I'm enjoying and loving, I love what I do. And so why would I give it up on an entity that isn't known to me? And then we sat down and then spoke about, okay, well, um, if I decided I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, what type of father and husband would you be? And what type of wife would I be to you? So it was going through the realities of the fact that you would now become my number two, right? My children, most just going by most mothers and how they are, right? It's kind of embedded in us that we make sure that we take care of our children. Um, evolution has made sure of that. So, And I've obviously got many friends that have been married and they absolutely put their kids first. So I think the reality is, I would put the children first. And then you said how you felt about that. 
um, and then we went over what your life would look like coming home to a wife and a child. Um, I don't know if you want to, I've been speaking a lot, so do you want to fill in what? No, I mean, you've been really, it's amazing. And your memory for the specifics of stuff like that is far better than mine. So I don't remember the exact words that I use, but my, the, there's so, there's a host of dangers for you and I, for sure, when we think about the things that we want in a relationship, not the least of which is, if I come home, I'm going to be the hero. So the kid is going to be super excited to see daddy because he hasn't seen him all day. And so there's a sense, I mean, you, you just see this all the time, where the mom ends up feeling neglected because she's always there, she's ever present, she takes care of everything. And because dad is in limited supply, then the kid is when they have them is clingy, they're all about them, and it is all too easy for whoever the primary caregiver is to really be a little hurt by that. You know, I was there for you. You'd say this with Wookie all the time. <laughs> I, it's like, with Wookie. I sat on the floor with you for a week and like I took the week off of work at Quest and worked from home and sat on the floor so I could potty train her. Yes. And you were on a trip. So for an entire week I was the only um, caregiver. Yes. And now she like looks at me like I'm dirt at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. So <clears throat> feeling like you're pouring yourself into something and then being neglected, I just thought like, okay, I get how that then creates however minor amount of mm. friction that also creates like that minor resentment, which you and I have heard privately from a lot of people who weren't even saying it. You just see it in the mm. way that they're acting, that they have these resentments because one of them stays at home and thusly just the, the nature of being ever present, you begin to get taken for granted. Um, and then the other person is, you know, in the limited quantities. And so they're reacted to very differently. And so that gets a little bit weird. And, and that is but one of many, many, many problems. And then my thing, going back to what you were saying about you don't want to be divided. So the best piece of advice I ever got on parenting is the following. And I remember, unfortunately, I don't remember who it was, but um, I was on a business trip. And there was this guy and he had kids and we were really thinking about whether or not we have kids. And so I said, you know, Joe, whatever his name was, um, should I have kids or not? And he said, Tom, have kids, don't have kids. It doesn't matter. But whatever you do, do it all the way. Mm. And I said to him, that's the best advice on parenting I'm ever going to get or deciding to be a parent. Mm. And it really is because that, that made it so clear to me. Like you were saying, if you're going to be a mom, be a rad mom. And I knew that I, if I were at home, I wouldn't want something pulling me away to business. And if I were in the business, I wouldn't want something pulling me away to be home. I don't like things that make me wish I were somewhere else. Mm. And so I just thought, if I have kids, I'm going to want to go home. And, you know, I've had partners that have kids and they're just on a different work schedule. Like, and I didn't want that for myself. Mm. I wanted to be all in and what I was building. And also I remember you saying though which was one thing that was funny how like we remember the things that really hit us for me it was babe i want to be a great father like i don't just want to have kids for the sake of it like if i'm going to if we're going to do it like i really do want to be there for them in any time that i possibly can and i remember you saying so if i come home from work 
and I've got an hour of spare time before I have to go back to work or something. I'm going to spend it with the kids because I don't want to be an absent father. And then I actually said, what type of father do I want for my children? And the truth is, I want a father that's there. I want a father that the kids can turn to. So now looking at the reality of what that day to day looks like, you're up super early. You probably leave before the kids are even awake. You're, you even said, I'm not going to be getting up in the middle of the night because my sleep is so important for me to function at a high level at work. So that's how detailed we got on what our, who, whose responsibilities would be whose. And you said, I'm not going to be the person getting up in the middle of the night because I need my sleep. So, okay, you're, taking, you're, you're getting up in the middle of the night. So then you are saying, I'm then going to go to work early as you normally do, right? Four or five in the morning, you're right. working. And for the record, I do want people to know, I would have happily hired a night nanny or something so that you yes. didn't always have to be the one. Sure. But I just wasn't going to be getting up Correct. in the middle of the night. Right. But I think that's, that's, it's a beautiful thing, babe, that you can admit that. Like, I think that's so important because a lot of things that what happens is, in my opinion, is people get into having kids or whatever and then they're pissed at the other person because they're not helping out. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. It's like, well, did you discuss it before it ever became right. a possibility? So for me and you, we literally laid out, like you said, you weren't going to get up in the middle of the night, that you're going to go to work the normal time that you do. So now imagine, I don't see you all day. I'm exhausted because I've been up in the middle of the night. The f as soon as you get home, you're the hero, like you said. You're spending the hour with the kids and then you're back to work. So when is mine and your time? Right. right? It's now being replaced. So my priority is now the kids. Your priority is now the kids. And what, where does that leave our marriage? And we really spoke about that and we laid that out of like, where would that leave us and how do we maneuver that? And it's not that we can't, right? I think that if we'd set our minds to it, we would somewhat figure it out. But the truth is I'm actually not willing to. I'm not willing to risk what we have right now. Like I'm not a gambler. People go to Vegas, I love Vegas, I just don't gamble. I'm not willing to gamble my husband. And the truth is it would be a gamble because I just don't know. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening if they've got beautiful relationships with kids. I'm sure they're like, no, no, you can do it. And I so admire that and respect that for them. But for me and you specifically, we went through every step. And um, yeah, after kind of talking about it and analyzing it, 
we said, okay, you know what, I don't want to stop my career. I love what I do. And um, so we decided not to have kids. But that didn't mean that we didn't think about the future. And this was actually more weighing on my mind than it was yours, I think, because I even said to you, what happens? And in all God's honest truth, like I'm being very serious here, what happens if you die and I'm 45? Very possible, right? right? I'm too old to have kids, let's say. I'm too old. I know people can have kids in later age, but let's say. I'm too old. The one person, the love of my life is now longer here. Mm -hmm. I'm all alone. And that is the truth. I recognize I'm all alone. I've got my family, totally understand, love them to bits. <laughs> They're like, all like, wait, what? Yeah, but right, but my ev- I am alone. And do I think, God forbid, if I could clip my fingers and know, okay, you would pass away at 45, mm-hmm. I would have kids. Because I would want a piece of you. I wish people could have seen your face for that. <laughs> They're like, I would have had kids. <laughs> but because I would want a piece of you. But I know that that's a risk. Yeah. And I know that I'm gambling with that too. Also, you want to talk about absolute nightmare about you're looking at little Tommy and going like, your dad, you look just like your dad. <laughs> I would be that like, horrible mother that oh doesn't really God. let her kid out of her yeah, sight. Yeah, he's like, my, my son is my best friend. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, that becomes a total sure. nightmare. That, because at, at some point, that kid needs to go be themselves. Like, right. there is a reason teenagers rebel. Yeah. Nature has baked that in to make sure that they push back, that they stand on their own two feet. It's mm-hmm. the cycle of renewal, which you and I were just talking about. So there is, there is an inevitable cycle of pushing back, defining themselves against you, being their own thing, standing mm-hmm. on their own two feet. Now, then, then, once they're themselves and they've really established themselves, they can come back, which yeah. is that beauty of sort of the mid-20s. But... Man, for people that are trying to hold on to something else through their children, either the future they never had or the spouse that passed away or whatever, like that is a recipe for a horrible relationship with your child. And I think I'd be conscious enough, though, to not smother them like that. I think I could, I'm pretty confident I wouldn't. But I'm just saying the emotion of feeling like you're not completely gone from my life, like I would want to hold on to that. I think it would very quickly stop being about me and it would just be about the kids. But you would have that deep sense of connection and fulfillment. Going back to why parenting is so rad and why it is a beautiful path for so many people, I totally get that. So you would have that. My thing is like what we have is not irreplaceable. So you could find somebody else and have another amazing relationship. You'd have to be open to that. And obviously there would be a grieving period and all of that. And that's why I have said to you so many times, if something happens to me, know to the core of your being, I want for you to find somebody else. And I want for you to be happy again. And you would need to let me diminish in your mind. And it would, you would need to invest in the new person and find that love again and live life and all of that. Like, that's a must. So it actually worries me because I know how deeply ingrained that notion is in your head that like without me, then there is only that we didn't have kids and I wouldn't want you to think like that. No, and I'm actually getting emotional. I know, I can see that. Um, oh, taking a little Let's back see. right now. The truth is, is that I wouldn't have kids for that reason. I recognize that that's danger, right? I recognize that that doesn't make sense um but i have thought about it and i think it's actually very important to think about it because i the one thing i always try in my entire life is to never have regrets and for some to go my god i didn't even think about that like i want to explore every ounce of 
possibilities so that I know, even if I do regret it in the future, I can say, but Lisa, you thought about it and you actually said no. And you did it because in that moment you felt right about it. So at least it's comforting for me in the future. Um, so I'm not saying I'll never change my mind. I'm just saying that I've thought about everything and I can in good conscience say that I've chosen the right thing for me right now. Now, do I hedge my bets? And this is kind of then the next step that we have gone through where I spoke to you about, do I freeze my eggs? Mm -hmm. Because what if, let's say, you don't die, thankfully, you're still around, um, but in, let's say, five years or 10 years, I mean, I'm 39 now, so let's say all of, I decide I do want children. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I, I love... Um, the path of entrepreneurship, we've built something really special, Quest, Impact Theory, Women of Impact, like they'll never, they'll always be part of me, but I really do want children now. Is that a possibility 100%? And so how do I hedge my bets? And so we spoke about, do I freeze my eggs? Um, so we started looking into that. One reason why we didn't go down that path, I don't know if you remember, is A, my health, because you have to take a lot of like hormone shots mm. and stuff like that, and I'm already battling my health now. Um, so that would be very pr problematic. Um, and then recently, which I've never spoken about publicly, recently as in what, what was it, about two months ago maybe, three months ago, I went for a checkup, just female checkup. And um, <clears throat> they actually said that they think that I have polycystic ovaries. Um, and then they found out it wasn't polycystic ovaries. It was, what was it, that I had healthy eggs, but they just weren't dropping. Yeah, they're not... You have, I think, what, healthy follicles, if I remember that's what they called them, and they're not, they don't develop into they eggs. Yeah. So she said, so basically to let you know, if you're trying to get pregnant, it would become extremely difficult. And I remember <clears throat> you were traveling, and I remember sitting in the doctor's office when she told me that. And she said, but do you want children? Because I remember last time you were here, you said you didn't. And I stopped and I said, no. And she said, okay, well, then this is no effect on your health. You've actually got great eggs, like you don't have to worry, it's not messing with your hormones, it's not right. changing anything. So as long as you don't want children, you actually don't have to worry about it at all. And I remember sitting there going, Lisa, this is the moment. Like this is the moment where your true feelings are gonna come through. Right. Like are you, are you like, oh my God, what the fuck, I really want to kiss yeah. and now I'm screwed? Or are you like, ah? Oh. And I was like, okay, think about it, how are you feeling? And I just sat there and I was like, fine. It didn't upset, like, it upset me that I wasn't healthy, if mm. that makes sense, like, yeah, that something sure. was wrong with my body, that it's not functioning the way it should. But I was like, there's no fear of loss right now. There's no fear of, shit, I should have done it earlier when I had the chance. And that was very, very comforting for me. Very comforting. Because I was like, okay, this is the moment where you're true... Yeah. unexpected feelings are going to come through right. um, and I remember calling you and I was I was like weird like I felt weird because I'd been given news about my health and because I was so in my own head about how you're feeling how do you like is your heart racing do you feel anxiety mm. are you sad um, and I remember calling you and just saying like actually I don't feel sad at all so did you have any actually feelings about it nope yeah, my thing is, uh, I, I'm just not that fussed about it, especially now, like I've so crossed that bridge, I don't spend time thinking about it. The one thing that I think I needed to think through, so yours was, what if something happens to him? My thing has always been, we live a wonderful life, we're together, and then we're 75 and there's no kids around us. 
and there's no that sense of renewal. There's no re-energized or like Christmas. I can't believe this, but between both sides of our family, we have what, seven kids? Not a single one has a child. It's so brought siblings yeah. and none of our, yeah, you're None. Right. <laughs> now, two of your brothers are quite young, yeah. so it's still possible they are well within like... Well, we've got brothers and sisters, adults. Yeah, that are, no that are over 40 or pressing 40, yeah. and none of us have children. Yeah. So, like, when I think about, wow, this is really interesting, we, we won't have that sense of renewal in our family of like young kids coming into the mix and um, there really is something to that energy but even that like when I think about the price I would have to pay by having kids mm. to get that I'm like yeah no so that's very very easy for me but I one thing that I've absolutely loved about impact theory is we have so many young employees yeah. that we have that sense of energy and renewal and excitement. And I, I realize now how much I love that. So I know that a part of my life will always be mentoring young people. And I never quite understood why like ultra successful business guys would have like two or three 20 something mentees. And I was always like, Jesus, like don't you have enough on your plate? Like you've done so much. And, but there's something about being in the room with people that have that, they're at that stage in their life, and there's the simultaneous, every time I look at somebody in their 20s, I think, oh God, life has, is you don't see life the way it is yet. And you will, and it will be an empowering transition, but seeing people at that stage in their life is awesome. There's something, life affirming is the right phrase, but it's even born out of their naivete. But there's something about the, their naivete, the way that, that even if, like, I don't feel like life has beat me down. I'm the most optimistic person you're ever going to meet. And I so believe in being able to create and do. And I think life is awesome. And I do not have pessimism or negativity. So it's not, it's not like that. But there is, um, life toughens you up. And there's something to seeing somebody in that just like pure, unadulterated enthusiasm, excitement, hunger. Um, yeah, like it's neat to be around. And renewal is the right word. And I told you the other day, I woke up stark, bolt upright in the middle of the night, just almost overwhelmed with this sense of how important renewal is. Mm. And not in the, the sense of kids in that moment, but just in the sense of why we go through a life cycle of death and rebirth. And so thinking, and, and I mean that from a nature standpoint, like when you look at a species, there is death, there is birth over and over and over. And I just had the such clarity as to why that happens. And that is something that I had to really process through. Like, am I going to be okay being mm. 75, not having kids? There's no renewal. Christmas is a bunch of 75-year-olds. Like, it, you know, is all of that going to be okay for me? And that is something that I can already from my position now, you know, at 42, I can say I, that is a regret for me. It's a future regret right now, but I will regret it. But I won't regret it enough to change my behavior. Why? And so recognizing that when I get there, I am going to be sad that I don't have kids around me, mm. but not enough to pay 
the price that it costs to have kids. And then when I think of my parents and like how much am I a part of their day to day life, virtually zero. Yeah. So it's at the end of the day, if I'm successful in raising a child, they will want their own life. They mm -hmm. will have their own things that they're aimed at. And hopefully they will love me as much as I love my parents. But in terms of like a day to day thing, it's like they're going to be off doing their thing, especially if they take after me. Like they're going to be so driven and so focused that I'm still going to have to occupy my days with things that I'm passionate about. Um, so when I think about 75, to me, like the real issue is just staying healthy enough to keep being ultra aggressive towards my goals. And yeah, I mean, when I look at somebody like Warren Buffett, who's still doing his thing, and I think he's in his 80s now, it's like, it is real, it is a thing. Like when you love what you're doing, and I so love what we're doing, and when I think about this catching fire and being able to do that, like literally until they, you know, don't bury me because I want to be cremated. Um, but I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. I just want to say that three times. Um, so yeah, that's having thought through all of those things. You're right is absolutely critical because you don't want to be taken by surprise. You don't want to make a flippant decision that affects your whole life. Um, but at the same time, I'm very glad that we didn't just fall into that path that you were describing at the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, when you said the, the people at work, hundred percent, like I think would my decision be different if we didn't have the company or people like work and the way we work and it may very well be you're right like i i joke about some of the young guys here like oh they're they're my kids um but the truth is i feel i care for them so freaking much that it makes me feel good to say that mm. because i really feel bonded with them and the one of the hard things is when i get attached to people um especially when you know they're part of the team but they're still your employees so it's actually hard for me sometimes to differentiate because i so want them to succeed because i care about them um so that's actually quite you know something i've tried to train myself but 100% i feel um the such gratitude for these guys around us that are looking to really better their lives because I think that's what parents get right when I actually speak to parents I sometimes do like okay so what are the things that you love about them what are the things that drive you nuts like I'm always quizzing parents and um you know the thing is is that they they like to teach them and you I get that a lot right like I like to see them develop because of me because I taught them this I read them this book it impacted them and I just feel like that's kind of what we're doing a within the company and then b externally with all the people that we're impacting outside of the company um and then the one thing just to kind of go off on a little tangent the one thing I didn't mention is at least for me being a woman a and then being greek it was really hard for me to say out loud when that we you weren't that I kids. wasn't going to have kids because um it's weird because I haven't had it too much I've heard other people um and I had like one comment once someone said this to me but like it's very selfish of you to not have kids I'll never understand that I didn't understand it because here's the thing, selfish to who? If I had the kid and I chose to ignore them right. because I'm doing my own thing, that's it's very selfish. selfish. But it's an entity that doesn't exist. Correct. So that really stung though at first because I didn't know how to handle it. I felt like, you know, my self-esteem, like I was so trying to do the right thing and not be the person that just has kids and then neglects them. Um, and to make sure that I'm always in, reflecting inwards, like what's gonna make me happy? What's gonna make my husband happy? And so it was really hard at first um, because also like, so the selfish thing first, but secondly, it was, I didn't want to be perceived as someone that's not nurturing. Mm. 
You know, and there's definitely two sides to my personality. Sometimes when I'm at work, I'm not nurturing at all, right? I'm like, get it done. We've got to do this. No excuses. Like, we've, we need to hit this target or whatever it is. And I'll be very, you know, um, straight, let's say. But then there are other times where, like, all I want to do is nurture. Like, I want to make the team coffee or, you know, I did that a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, just doing things like that that really make me feel good about myself because I'm taking care of them. And it really did worry me and I think would have hurt me if people were perceiving me as not being nurturing or not a real woman. That was another thing. And I think more and more women are now speaking up about it and saying, look, having kids isn't right for me. And I've become so comfortable with it to say, just because I don't choose to bear children myself doesn't mean that I'm not nurturing and caring for the people around me. And it does not make me less of a woman. And if you think so, then you're someone that I don't want to talk to or be around, to be honest, you know, and I'm very confident now in saying that out loud. Um, but it took me a long time to do it. And I think that by me speaking out, by us having this conversation was really a big reason why um, I wanted to have it because I wanted to be, women to feel okay with saying what is right for them without the judgment or the stigma that it makes them not a real woman or to be nurturing or a beautiful human being. Word. So. I appreciate you indulging me on this episode, Billy. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that it helps some people that are, you know, not sure which path they want to bounce down. Yeah. But I will say the best advice you're ever going to get about whether or not to have children is have kids, don't have kids. It doesn't really matter. But whatever you do, do it all the way. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't also work. The advice I was going to say, it comes across like... Yeah, the advice wasn't, oh, you can't be an entrepreneur. The guy was an entrepreneur. But he said that he used to be, he used to resent being home when he could have been at work. And he used to resent being at work when he could have been home with the kids. So his thing was, you need to accept that you have kids. They are in your life. Do not resent spending time with them. Go and spend time with them. Give to them as much as you can. And don't be conflicted because he said, mm. then you're not doing either thing. So mm. you've got to go all in on that. And that was what made it so easy for me was to go all in on that meant that there was going to be significant time away from building the things that I wanted to build. And that just wasn't appealing to me. But yeah. now we will loop. So I think at this point, we will bid everyone farewell. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us. By the way, I think this is still going to go out before we're in New York. So just so everybody knows, the comic, we got the physical comic oh my today. God, I'm super so cool. excited. Yeah. It was amazing. And we're going to be at New York City Comic Con October 4, 5, 6, and 7. Come join us, booth 236. Yeah. We're very excited to meet you. Obviously, only if you're interested in narrative and pop culture and all that stuff. Uh, but hopefully you are, and we will get to see you there. It would be yeah. amazing. And the one thing I want to add that I've been saying in these last few episodes that has seemed to do really well, so guys, thank you so much for everyone that's doing this. But if this episode or Relationship Theory is bringing you value, it would mean so much to us to screenshot post on your IG story or something and tag us, um, tag Impact Theory because I know I keep saying it, but your time is so limited and I love that you still take time to do this. Um, I love it. The response from the audience is amazing. So if you want to keep this man in the hot seat to keep talking, then um, yeah, if we can uh, get you guys to spread the love and the word, rate and review the podcast as well. It'd be so meaningful. So, so, so meaningful. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow us at, at Tom Bilyeu and at Lisa Bilyeu. She's only on IG. 
I'm pretty much everywhere. So hopefully I will see you guys there. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be, be legendary. legendary. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.